The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. Coming at you like a beam, like a ray. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. We are contractually obliged. <laughs> I am the endomorphic cyborg enforcement unit, John Mack, and I'm joined, as always, by the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour, a man who's wined and dined with kings and queens, he's slept in alleys and ate pork and beans, the Richmond dream, my, me, Mark Crowther. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> that is a hell of an intro. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, mate. How are you? I've had a day off today. I've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you practiced that in front of the mirror? Come on, be honest. Uh, uh, probably 17 to 70, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Just a median figure there. Yeah, uh, I'm all right, good. yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You never fail to give me a good intro, do you? But thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Ready, I'm back at it again. I'm excited to, to speak more WCW. It's just you come out of the life of a, a, Coming off the back of a lovely nil-nil draw <laughs> with a horrendous regime. <laughs> Sometimes it's very similar to WCW. Lovely, lovely build-up, but never you can't just put the ball in the back of the net. No payoff, unfortunately. I know. At least it's better than the six-three from the other horrendous regime that yeah. we uh, took the other week. That was soul-destroying, for want of a yeah. better phrase. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it is Monday. It is fun day, and we all know what that means. We're gonna walk down the road to the Cretinous Lane. We're gonna walk, walk, walk till we see some wank stain. It's the Cretin of the Week. It's the Cretin <laughs> of the Week. Have you got <laughs> one for me? It's a new jingle. <laughs> I've had an E. I'm off my head. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I am not performing. Champagne on me golden grains. <laughs> I am steaming. I'm not performing under a. Uh, under intoxication, I'm not Jeff Hardy. I'm not Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I've got um, I've got one who, who we, he's quite, pre- he's very prevalent on our uh, on our show. Actually, he's popped up again this week, and who could it be? more than anything, he's on he's on my nominations list because he's because he's he's bad mouthing my boy, and you just can't <laughs> do that. Is it fanboy so, time again? You can't. I'm I'm afraid you you can't be doing that uh, without any repercussions. I'm afraid. Bischoff's piping up again, and he really can't take the criticism he got from Punk about a year ago, and he's really took it to heart. And ever since that, he's had, he's had some form of vendetta against old Phil Brooks on his little 83 Weeks podcast. Um, Has he waited a year to give him a receipt, though? No, no. He, he's been having little jibes at him for over a year now. He's been... and Oh, right. This is the big payoff. <laughs> yeah. He's basically... He's, he's, he's commenting on the the well-known situation backstage. We don't need to go into that. The whole elite heard of it. garbage backstage assault uh, video game coming to uh, consoles soon. So he said something like, he's acting like, a, you know what he likes to do? He pretends he's some kind of hard man. He's basically gone, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even fire him with a FedEx like I used to. I wouldn't even give him the honor of, uh, of, of spending $30 on the FedEx or whatever it is. Like acting like he's some kind of, I don't even know what you'd call him, but we're talking about a man who basically got pushed around backstage by a bunch of wrestlers 
he basically got bullied into giving these these guys creative control for everything. In what world does this man have any any way to talk about anything that's gone on backstage when he's like the purveyor of all backstage politics? He pretty much allowed it for six years or whatever he was when he was in control. Yeah, and I, I love the FedEx thing. It's like it goes on like it's meant to sense, you know, to fire someone by FedEx. It's like, no, mate, you just didn't have the balls to tell Austin that he was fired because he would have dropped you. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of that, of that, like that little run of when Austin was in the ECW and he was talking about how he, you know, that some of those promos he did where he's on about a Bischoff sacking him via FedEx or whatever it was. He couldn't even pick up the phone for him and all this. He's just a fucking weasel, man. Like, he, he plays a weasel on te- well, he he pretends he, he pretends he's hard on telly, but he's a fucking little pussy, and he just comes across like that in real life as well. He, he acts like he's got all this to say to everyone, but is he really saying it to the face if he saw him? I wouldn't have thought so. He's a, hey, whoa! He's a, he's a highly ranked martial artist, Mark. Remember that? Yeah, true. Good point. Good point. It just it just speaks volumes of the geezer that he, he he can't let go of some little comments by Punk. I mean, his podcast's called Eighty Three Weeks. He's still dining out that he beat Vince for a couple of years. Just like get over it, mate. <laughs> you're an, you're an absolute nobody now. It's, it's not even a couple of years. It's a year and a half. Yeah, really. He's still dining out on that. What twenty five years later, whatever it is, it's just. Yeah, I just can't stand the geezer. Um, I don't. I don't like him when we're watching Nitro, and I don't particularly like him as a person from what he comes across as. Anyway, well, the one we watched tonight that we're going to be reviewing tonight he is double hard, double hard yeah. Bischoff bastard tonight, big time. <laughs> yeah, what have you got for us? I just. I, well, I'll just. Put a forced up on that by Eric Bischoff is an absolute moron. Pretty much, yeah. He really is. He's dreadful. I haven't got like a big time credit. Nothing major's happened this week other than Bischoff's, you know, witterings. There's like a little set to between Mr. Cornet and the former page, Soraya Beavis. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not saying she's a cretin at all. I'm a big fan of hers. You know, I think she's great. I think she flies the flag for the old UK abroad, which is always nice. And, you know, she's had a bit of a rough time since she's been in the States, you know, with injuries and, you know, leaked pornos and stuff. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, nobody wants to... No, you know, if you're making home videos, nobody wants that shit on the internet, do they? Unless, you know, you're one of them people who is a bit of an exhibitionist. Now... I don't think she's creating us for this. She's only fighting her corner, which is fair enough. Do you know what I mean? But to quote Mr. Sean Waltman, don't go fucking toe-to-toe verbally with Cornet because you never you never come out well in no. the end. So, you know, I understand why she's pissed off. But, you know, it's probably not in your best interest to go unless you want to get buried. Well, the segment on. that Cornet's referring to, though, was fucking horseshit. Just take medicine. Yeah, most, a... most of it is horseshit these Gar- days. Garbage promo. And to be fair, an absolute damp squib of a debut since you walked in through the door. So, if you can't take any criticism in wrestling, then you're not going to go very far, I don't think. Comparing what he says about a lot of other people, it was pretty, pretty light, wasn't nothing. it? Yeah, it was tame. Yeah. I think he's had he's had pretty positive things to say about her as well. I think everyone just picks out the negative, doesn't it? Don't they? That's the thing. That's it. Have you got another one? Have you got any more for any more? I've got a guy, I don't even know who he is, to be fair. He's just some twat that popped up on my Twitter the other day. <laughs> did, and again, did he, he, get insulted, 
he's insulting one of my boys. I'm sorry, he just, he just, he, I can't, I can't be having it. <laughs> he made, some guy. I, don't, I can't remember his name, Mister Mister Pervert, Mister Purvis, or something. Um, <laughs> right. He's basically piping up to Dax Howard, who. What's Dax Howard ever done to anyone? He's pretty much nice bloke. the nicest blokes you're going to get. Great, great, you know, father and stuff like that, doing his best for wrestling and stuff like that. And he's obviously a Bret Hart fan, which is about as known as anything you could imagine. He loves Bret Hart. This geezer's come out to him and said, um, you, you're never Bret Hart. You never will be. You've never, nowhere near his level and all this. I don't <laughs> think he's trying to be. <laughs> and, and Dax has just come back saying, he basically let me just find the exactly what he said because it is. Didn't he say something like, "Yeah, fair enough. I'm not even insulted by this." Or something. Yeah, the guy said to him, "Oh, it's Wasim Purvis, whoever he is, some wrestling Twitter guy." And he said, "You'll never be anywhere near the level of Bret Hart." And Dax just fires back, going, "Yeah, I know. I'm not insulted by this." <laughs> Which is just, it's a stupid statement to make because Dax is. Dax is amazing in his own right. He loves Bret Hart. Yeah. He's got tributes for him. Why? I hate. I hate this. There's, there's a lot of this go that goes on, even in just in sport in general, but in, on, yeah. in wrestling in particular, it's always like they're good, so he's shit. It, they're yeah. they're amazing, so you can't like them. It's like Bret Hart was amazing. Dax Howard's amazing in his own right. I even I even I even fought to, to Dax's corner on Twitter. Like I wasn't having that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I just think, I just think, what the hell has Dax Howard ever done to anyone apart from have possibly one of the best years in wrestling in God knows how long? Talking about one of the but, hottest guys in the in the business for the for the most part. It's, it, it the correlation I see is with football where it's like, oh, there's this wicked new young seventeen year old. Oh, he's Argentinian. He's got a left foot. Oh, he's the new Messi. Yeah, it's like, yeah. No, you don't have to compare someone to everybody. It's like, but Messi was the new Maradona and blah 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 blah. You don't have to be the new Bret Hart. No one is going to be the new Bret Hart. Bret Hart was too fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is the first Dax Harwood. Mm. And he's fucking great. So, he is. Uh, and so is Cash, because Cash don't, don't get the fucking level of love. He really doesn't. No, he doesn't. To be fair, he gets swept under, doesn't he? But they're, they're just like... And he's the handsome one. Yeah. They're just they're just amazing. I've, I've got nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, just just someone, just whoever that guy guy was trying to put down my boy. I'm a bit of a fanboy, aren't I? I, can, I don't know if you tell. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I follow I follow a Twitter page that's called "Does Bret Hart like Bill Goldberg?" and every day just says no. <laughs> and you like it every <laughs> so, I mean, day. <laughs> I like it every day because I love Bret Hart. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's whoever's mentioned that's a no mark. He's just some idiot trying to put his. You know, try to get a reply. He's probably buzzing, going, "Oh, I got a reply for Dax Howard." Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, probably I'm going, oh, I like you really. I like you really. But... <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just one of them, isn't it? <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a daft little thing from uh, Mr. Meltzer, oh, wittering on about about Omega's drawing power. Oh God, that yeah, I forgot about that. It? That is a so so. Someone put something like, in fact, I've got it in front of me. One second. It's about saying that JYD put butts in seats. He didn't make gimps do tweets or something like that, which I thought was yeah, dog, yeah. Omega never drew. It's some guy called Omar Gardea. Uh, he said Omega never draw, uh, never drew a dime on his own. And uh, Meltzer gives it Omega's biggest main event gate was four million dollars. JYD's was one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars. Now, inflation, obviously, this was in the sort of early 80s, but 
JYD sold out everywhere he went, pretty much in, in Mid-South. Do you know what I mean? Constantly, weekly basis, same towns. You know, they kept coming back, coming back. Omega's biggest draw in main event, was that even in America? Was it, in, it must have been in Japan. It's in Japan, and, and with there's, a car. There's, there's, there's zero context to it, because we're talking no. about a completely different era of professional wrestling. We're talking about the territories area, for starters, so it's not even a national gate that, you know, no. JYD was doing. And this, and we're talking about Omega against against Okada, who is one of the biggest stars in the history of New Japan. So yeah. who's the, who's really drawing that crowd? Let's be honest. Like, you know what I mean? It works with a guy that draws the money, right? So yeah, it's a similar concept. Like uh, Omega was big in Japan, granted, but that crowd absolutely loves Okada. They love Tanahashi. They love whoever else, um, Naito, and things like that. They weren't there all paying to see bloody. Kenny Omega were they? Let's be fair. I mean, Kenny Omega. I, I, the thing is with me, I, Omega's one of them where it's like sometimes I like him, but then I just hate this association that Meltzer has with him. So it's like you can't, you like, can't say a bad thing about him, can you? It's, no, it's like it's not. It doesn't. It's just a proper. It's proper hyperbole that statement. That it doesn't. It doesn't add oh, up. Yeah, There's no context to it, and it's it's trying to it's trying to downgrade someone of yesteryear to put his little mate over and it's just who's dead and can't defend himself yeah it's embarrassing stuff i forgot about that you just brought that up to me it probably pissed me off when i saw it (laughs) it just i just thought it was it's just i'm sat there going fuck me Dave. just why would you take these people on on twitter it's you don't have to fight his corner for fuck's sake he's a grown man and it's it's all the time and you know it needs context you can't some some guy underneath it put um, gone with a wind to 190 million in a, in 1939. Jumanji drew 962 million in 2017, and it's like gone with the wind in terms of inflation is the bigger movie, right? Do you yeah. know what I mean in terms of drawing? Yeah, how much were the and ticket prices ju- back then and stuff? Do you know what I mean? Well, exactly, not- exactly, and and fucking. You know, drawing in Japan's a completely different ball game than drawing in in America. It's two completely different cultures for a start. I'm not saying it's not an achievement. I'm just saying it's he's he's not drawn that money in America. Which the only person to draw a million dollar gate for AEW has been CM Punk. Yeah, and a and MJF to an extent. And MJF, but he wasn't Omega. No. Definitely wasn't Omega. Uh, don't you and mean, if anyone says Adam Page and fucking Adam... oh fuck off. <laughs> Adam fucking Page and Adam Cole did not draw. <clears throat> Fuck all. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I forgot about that. To be honest, that's so credulous as well. I can't believe you. I can't believe you said that was a mid card and that's main event. That I don't know. I mean, I've, I've got I've, I've got another little one, which is yeah. uh, uh, <clears throat> our old. My voice is shot today. Our yeah. old friend, uh, the British wrestling. Savant that he is Ariel Helwani. Oh god. <clears throat> and our good mate Tony Khan is back. Oh yeah. He had an interview. Yeah. He had an interview. And now <clears throat> I don't know where the credibility comes from here. I just thought I'd bring it up. It's just if you're 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 agreeing as Tony Khan, the head of this promotion, to an interview with Ariel Helwani, who works for BT Sport, who have WWE on it, and he's clearly you know, WWE centric. Yeah. Don't agree to a fucking interview with him. You know what he's going to ask you. 
And all you've yeah. done is a no comment. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. And it's just like bollocks. Why even agree to the interview? You know what he's going to do. Don't do it, silly bastard. Yeah, I mean, t- the way the way I see it with that though, I think that Helwani's come off quite bad on that as well because. Well, that's I what think, I mean. The pair of them. I think I think he knows fine well. There's a lot of legal stuff going on there that he probably can't comment on, and he's and he's he's probably asked those difficult questions, knowing that he's going to come out of it making Tony Khan look a bit silly. Um, because he's. I'm not saying Tony Khan's innocent in it. He probably could have said some things, but there's a lot of legal proceedings going on. I think so. It's it's an interesting one. I, I just wouldn't know. have even took the interview. Do you know what's no, the I wouldn't have Yeah, it's... if I was Tony Khan, I probably would have said I can't do it. There's too much going on or whatever, but it's one of them, isn't it? I think that Hawani's a bit of a cocky bastard, though. I find I, I don't. He's not. He's quite reliable with his reporting on UFC, but he's become. He thinks. I think he's like he's some kind of little heel, little heel like commentator in wrestling. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Helmsley's boy now, isn't he? Yeah, we had that interview with Helmsley, didn't he? And he was like asking him loads of stuff. So he's obviously he's probably done that to try and get some dirt, and he. He got the exclusive, didn't he, to a degree, about his uh, cardiac event. <laughs> a, a, a local medical facility and all that, or whatever it was. <laughs> um, Last one is the internet wrestling community as a whole, because these fuckers are having a meltdown today because AEW have no-sold Kenny Omega's birthday. <laughs> He's going to WWE. He must be. It's, that's the icing on the cake. That's the nail in the coffin. He must be going to WWE because who is he? Yeah, yeah, fucking Tory. Do you know what I mean? Did he not get him a cake? Didn't get a birthday fucking cake. hell, fire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And do you know what really depressed me even more? I found out the guy's like two months older than me and, he's, and he acts like that. Yeah. Fucking hell. The man's nearly 40. Fucking get a grip, man. I know. But all these, all these AEW guys, like freaking the fuck out. Panicking. And then I seen a tweet saying, uh, "Happy birthday to one of the toughest wrestlers I've ever seen, Kenny Omega." I sent it to you. Fucking hell! For that video because... where he's taking the absolute fake knees by the young bucks. Yeah, because he no sold a fucking worked move. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I bet, I bet. Uh, what's his face was going off his head about that? What's he called? That guy? Who? The fucking what culture guy? <laughs> Oh, uh, showing his stamina to. Uh, oh to God, to yeah, Sidgwick or whatever he's called. Sidgwick selling, <laughs> yeah, he's selling his stamina to no sell some piss poor knees by, <laughs> by the uh, new wooden tops. <laughs> I haven't seen him pop up very often recently, Sidgwick. He must have gone into hiding. <laughs> yeah, well, Omega's <laughs> off, off telly, isn't he? So you know, yeah. he's probably gone tracking him down in in like the Harajuku district of Japan or whatever. <laughs> There's actually quite a lot of nominees this week, then, actually, isn't there? Yeah, it's it's got to be Meltzer, though, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's got. He hasn't been in, he hasn't been on it for a while, has he? We've been trying to stay away from him, but it's just it's spreading. It's it, it it's that sort of spreading fake news type thing, isn't it? Where people can go, "Well, look at them." You know what I mean? It's like there's no context to it. And he, he he says it with such a straight like like straight lace like he doesn't like he just does it without even thinking does he he just comes straight out of it he's just he's such an he's embarrassing he said, really. uh, said Cornette was like Trump right because of the way he, his fans get annoyed about the wrestling that 
goes on today. But really, if you look at it, he's basically saying what Cornet is stating as opinion, <clears throat> as opinion, sorry, which is his opinion, and he, and he, you know, he claims it to be opinion. He's saying that that's that's wrong because it's not the same opinion he's got, which he's then promoting as fact. So who, who's really the Trump sort of kind of I guy? Know. Do you know what I mean? Cornet's not spreading fake news. He's just giving his fucking opinion. But Meltzer just promotes his opinion as fact, whether it's match ratings or. You know his opinion on certain styles of wrestling. You know it is what it is. It's it's just fucking wrestling. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you like it, you like it. it gives a shit. We don't yeah. like stuff. We will say it. And if people want to listen to us, either praise or you know de- deride stuff we don't like, then fine. You know, great. If don't if you don't want to listen to it, don't fucking listen to it. It's exactly. simple as. It's like me. Uh, people people don't like CM Punk at the minute, but I still stick by him. I don't really give a fuck. And so I'm sure well, he would it. in a way. Um, yeah, I think he's been done over a bit. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave Meltzer for your fifth or sixth award. You are the cretin of the week. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> on to something else now. Um, is the Woo Weed World Tour still rolling on, John? We've got another edition of Woo Watch. <laughs> So old Ricky Flair is at SneakerCon this week. It's not it's not a big madness thing like it has been the last couple of weeks, but he's been at SneakerCon in some, you know, nondescript town in America. And I thought last week the pink tie-dyed uh, jacket is worst suit jacket, but he's beat that with an absolute horrific Jackson Pollock-esque number of blue and white. <laughs> and he's in... Is it a sneaker... Con- like convention wearing fucking loafers. <laughs> Do you not get the memo, Rick? <laughs> and he's there and he's stood there with I think what he's done, he's looked around SneakerCon and gravitated to the person he in his, you know, stereotypical mind would like to buy his Ric Flair drip. So he's had a look round, and he's uh, bumped into uh, old soldier boy. Tell them, <laughs> and uh, he's had his picture taken with soldier boy, and he's thinking, "I don't know who you are, lad, but you know, do you want to buy some?" Do you want to buy? He's like, he's trying to like be like a snidey little dealer at this kind of con. Do you want to buy some weed <laughs> from the <laughs> most on top dealer you've ever seen? Yeah, with his fucking sky blue tie dyed nightmare. You know, you stand out in a crowd, Rick. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see where he is next week. It could be good. It could be shit. We'll see. But that was uh, this week's edition of Woo Watch. The Gattuso principle. The Gattuso <laughs> principle is strong with this one. But yeah, he's, uh, he's not gone full on mental, but he's definitely uh, he's definitely becoming a hip-hop pioneer, I do believe, with old Soldier Boy and his, his tune that he's got, Ric Flair drip with you know, what's his face? The other one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the other what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the other rapper. I couldn't think of his fucking name, you dickhead. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the office. It was, it was a nice setup. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into Nitro, which is 30th of September, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, my God. 
brutal attack, the takeover, if you will, by the NWO. It has to be considered the lowest point in the history of this great live television program each and every Monday. We do understand in this telecast, Eric Bischoff will give an official response on what happened last week. We'll wait on Eric's response. And Larry, it was absolutely horrible last week. Not only did they attack Eric Bischoff, they slapped him around repeatedly. They took over the proceedings of the ring. They even brought out their own race car. So are in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> don't really say much, I'll be honest with you. They recap the uh, NWO incident last week, and they say Bischoff, Bischoff will respond. And then they go on about that fucking shit car. And then they go, oh, oh, Eric, Eric's going to respond now. So they say Bishop's going to respond and don't give it any time to breathe and so sink in. Let it simmer. Straight to, uh, yeah, straight to Eric Bischoff. Quick draw McGraw. Eric Bischoff has his statement right now. Eric, go ahead. All right, thanks a lot, Tony. And you know, I want to make one thing very clear. First of all, you pointed out that, yeah, they slapped me around. Yes, the New World Odor, as Larry refers to it, did take over our broadcast. But listen, this isn't about Eric Bischoff. This is about the history of WCW and what that represents. This company's roots go back to 1905. Champions like Lou Thez, Terry and Dory Funk, Pat O'Connor, Dusty Rhodes. The names go on and on. It may not mean anything at all to Hulk Hogan to the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, to Ted DiBiase, to that 180-pound wimp they call six. Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all to them, but it does mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It has got to stop. It is going to stop, and it's going to stop now because this company's not going to tolerate it. Not at the corporate level, not at the level here that all of us work at on Nitro to try to put together a program that people out there can enjoy. It's got to stop because it's not fun anymore. Nobody's entertained by it. The NWO is nothing but dirt bags from the bottom all the way to the top. And yes, that means you, Hulk Hogan. And yes, Eric Bischoff has been accused of making a whole lot of mistakes. And I admit that I have. And my relationship with WCW may have only lasted the last five or six years. But let me tell you something. The one singular mistake I ever made was bringing Hulk Hogan into WCW. And Hogan and the rest of you thugs, because that's all you are, you thugs. You want to come in here? You want to try to stop WCW? Well, we've worked too hard. We've worked too long. And gentlemen, and I use that word very carefully because it really doesn't apply. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Listen to me and listen to me now. It is going to stop. No more. Tony, Larry, take it back. What is it with these cars? They're proper obsessed with the cars, aren't they? The, the NASCAR deal. They, they must be proper like running with that. Is it... Must be like deep into the NASCAR season at this point, where they're really trying to push it or something. <laughs> oh, it's fucking atrocious. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the deal of NASCAR anyway, because you know Formula One clearly has better cars, and all they do is go around in fucking circles. Yeah, it's fucking, it's odd, isn't it? Not even, not even like Formula One. Personally, I know you quite like it, but it's, it's just not for me. If I wanted to just watch fucking cars go around in a circle I'd watch some 8 year old daring around about missing a turning every fucking time and it's <laughs> probably more but, entertainment it probably is you know is she going to is she going to snuff it we just don't know <laughs> but yeah just, the NASCAR thing's a bit weird it's it's a, it's a big big thing in the south of America apparently um all that, like I said last week the only thing I know about is Dale Earnhardt's seatbelt that's about it no idea but Eric's uh, response was hard, man. He thought he was Vinnie Jones again, didn't he? It's been emotional. He has been emotional. He's come <laughs> in and he's, he says, it's not about me. It's about history. 
roots back to 1905. WCW is not from 1905 <laughs> at all. They, they, they say, I don't even think the NWA was 1905. They say they traced the lineage, lineage back to like Hackenschmidt and fucking Gotch and all this, right? He said, then he mentions, don't mention them too, but he mentions Luthez, Dorian, Terry Funk, Pat O'Connor, Dusty. And he says it doesn't mean anything to the NWO, but it means a lot to a lot of people. It's going to I stop. I didn't mind that part. Didn't mind that part, to be fair to him. Well, that was all right. He said he's not, it's going to stop because he won't tolerate it. Funny how he only says this when he's just on his tod. Yeah, didn't say it last week, did he? He says uh, it's no fun. No, no one is entertained by it, which is a little bit of foreshadowing because I'm seriously, swiftly becoming not entertained by it. <laughs> then he starts talking in the third person about his mistakes. Says Eric Bischoff's made mistakes. It's like you're not the Rock, mate. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Finally, Eric has come back. <laughs> Finally, Eric has got his black belt. He said his one mistake, though, his biggest mistake was bringing in Hogan. He forgets the other, like, 10,000, but, you know, he mentions the Hogan one, which, to be fair, in the context, is is quite a big one. Yeah. What did you think of Bischoff's Shakespearean soliloquy? It would have been It would have been good if he hadn't been doing it for months. So, I mean, he's, he's done this speech like six times. I find, like, <laughs> if this was like enough. his, if this was like his, um, his defiant, like saying, "This is it now. We're not putting up with this anymore." It wouldn't have been as bad, but just in terms of the context of, he's literally just been saying this for months, and like, he just come, he comes across as like, he doesn't come across as sort of threatening at all, does he? You just think he's just one blow. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Some of the some of the stuff he said, like you were going on about, oh, like it, it, sort of in mentioning like the lineage of some of the champions have held the belt and stuff like that. I didn't mind that bit; that was quite good. I'm trying to take context out of it, <laughs> to try and give it some kind of praise if if it's due. Uh, but other than that, it was pretty pretty same old, same old from him. Just seen yeah, it before, really. Then we cut back to Larry and Tony, and uh, Larry is in a sleek black polo neck, looking like Graham Potter. <laughs> <laughs> is that your mum? Is that your mother's money coming through? <laughs> <laughs> he says, "How can Eric promise it won't happen again?" Which is true. He said he used his head like a speed bag last week on the uh, when they were just slapping <laughs> the fuck out of him. What's a speed bag? In a boxing. And you like punch that, it like that's that. a punch. That's a punching bag. No, the the speed bag's the one way. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, I am not a combat. I say punch you like that, no person. one can see whoever's listening what I'm doing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like like you're catching bees, Mark. <laughs> but enough of that recap and stuff like that. We get to our opening match. Oof. Oh dear. <laughs> it's a band burner. It's um oh, 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 it's, this is shit. It's the uh, the Mexican Alex Wright and Ubuntu Guerrero. <laughs> Do, do El Technico is? <laughs> Who is it? Billy Kidman. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I swear to God. Well, because he's called El Technico, I was like, that's just Alex Wright, isn't it? <laughs> Mexican Alex Wright. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's that know. unlikely duo versus the uh, the newly crowned, what's their <sighs> name, John? The pubic enema. The world tag team champions for 
some god some reason. Hold on a minute. We always get a tag match every fucking week for the belts. Where's the US belt? Where's the TV belt? We never yeah. see the fuckers. Has Luger still got the TV belt? Oh, no, 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 uh, no, Regal's, Regal's got, got it, it, sorry. Apparently. Yeah, they mentioned that. And Flair's still the US champion, but he never has the fucking belt on. Never carries it to the ring with him. It's so strange the way they like, is it, deal with their is world it because it's Is it because it's beneath him a little bit? Possibly. Probably. That's what I thought. when You know when he went in the match and I was like, US title, Ric Flair. I'm sure about that. But yeah, it's the same. It's every week, isn't it? The world tag titles are on the line, literally without fail. It's every single week. Yeah. Um, so we'll see them every fucking week. Yeah, Hoovy's extremely prominent on the show since he debuted, isn't he? Pretty much every week he's been there in some form. Yeah, good or we'll bad. Try to get him over, I guess. Yeah, some shitty double teams by Pubic Enema on El, on El Technico. Hoovy gets absolutely nailed on the outside at one point. Gets absolutely launched. He goes flying. Um, he does that all the time, though. Yeah. Very quick, assisted springboard sent on by the pubic enema. They retain the tag titles. Pretty shit, really. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts? I thought El Technico looked fucking horrific. It's like, <laughs> it, it looked like one of them, do you know, do you, know when, do you want to do the green screen sort of motion capture for fucking video yeah. games? It looked like one of them. <laughs> and they're wearing that stupid suit. I just, I just put... Please be short, and it was, thankfully. The allude to Patrick being uh, willing to help the NWO, but not Randy Anderson, he took his tie off. Yeah. You know, that means he's, <laughs> he's a man of integrity. Proper WCW. We got an arm drug by Hoovy, 6.5 on the steamboat. Wasn't the best. Not his best. Not the best, is it? He does a springboard Hurricane Rana and gets shoved into the rail. Kidman's in, takes a side slam elbow combo. Obviously, that huge bump, my backdrop going on, fucking hell. It was piss poor. It, saved, it, it sort of saves Hoovy, I guess, with uh, the masked Kidman taking the pin. And then they put what Technico... Uh, oh, they put it for a table, don't they? Why? <laughs> fucking pointless. It's not very baby face of them, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's fucking harsh. What is it with WCW just sticking random good, talented guys in masks? <laughs> Did it with Jerry Lynn? Did it with... No, don't say Bastanaka. Don't say Good music. <laughs> did it with Flair? Did they? Yeah, back in the day, he was called the Black Scorpion. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um... And he talked like this. <laughs> I just can't get on board with the pubic enema. Just, every time they're on the screen, it's like, oh, just can't get wait for them to get off it again. Um... Absolutely fucking dreadful. But then we get a nice little sort of all-business promo, little coming-up-next promo by Dean, staking his claim back for the Cruiserweight title. This is what we want to see. We want to see him back in the mix for the Cruiserweight title because it's been building quite... been bubbling away in the background, hasn't it? Him and Ray, the rematch. Definitely. It's a nice little slow burner, I think. Yeah, it is. Not too much interaction, but I didn't mind... I don't mind that. The sort of... Eventually, they'll come to come to sort of... come to a head at a pay-per-view, I would assume. I think their angles a lot been uh, a lot of it's been on the Saturday show, which we don't watch sadly. Yeah, I know. We we might be missing out on some good stuff there. Yeah, but I can't get them fucking hell. Not watching that. <laughs> so we then go backstage with Mike. He's still he's still filling in for old um, contract negotiation, Gene. <laughs> he's got with him uh, Mongo and Benoit. 
and Deborah, of course. Joining me at this time, Four Horsemen members, Chris Benoit, Steve, and Deborah McMichael. Steve, I'm a little confused. I've looked at the lineup tonight. You're not even scheduled to be wrestling here in Cleveland. Well, listen up, buddy. You saw what happened last Monday night. Hulk Hogan and his gang of goons, what they perpetrated on Macho. One on 60. Boy, that was a real brave thing. Well, let me tell you what. What happened at War Games ain't going to happen again. They divided us, and they conquered, baby. But from now on, where you see one horseman, you're going to see other horsemen. And if that ain't plain enough for you, you tell them, baby. That's right. I want to say something to the whole wrestling world, world out there. Do you see my husband's Super Bowl ring? Do you know how he got that? He got that by being a team player. And that is what we're here tonight for. We're here to support one of the four horsemen. Chris Benoit, international bragging rights at stake in hour number two of Nitro this evening. Your main event matchup with Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner, long list of accolades. Former one half of the world tag team champions. Quite the reputation. Rick Steiner, you're a great wrestler. Tonight, you're in against the best. Let me tell you the way it is, Rick Steiner. Tonight, I'm going to make a statement. The horsemen are unparalleled. The horsemen are elite. The horsemen are perennial. Chris Benoit and Rick Steiner, that's in hour number two. We're back with more Monday Nitro after this. Because that's like a little free piece that you always get together now. You don't really see much. You don't really see Mongo and Benoit interacting with Arn and Flair as much. It's just sort no. of them free always. But she is an absolute fucking vacuous mannequin, isn't she? <laughs> we said it the other week. She should have been the valet for the for the wooden tops. That would have been the best little best person for him. <laughs> Any thoughts on this little backstage package? Anything? Uh, anything you want to comment on? Okay. Mongo says the NWO go one on sixty. Uh, he says you get one. You go for one horseman. You get all the horsemen. You get one baby in there, which was you know pleasant. Nice Good job. Start. Deborah stumbles, goes on about Mongo's fucking ring again, all the charisma of a fucking Billy Bookcase. <laughs> Benoit, the mullet's creeping further down the neck. He puts over Rick Steiner, great wrestler, but he's the best and he's going to make a statement. The horsemen are unparalleled, elite, and perennial. It's actually one of his best, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I absolutely, I absolutely love that Mongo is still carrying on with the briefcase gimmick. <laughs> I've got it in my head for some reason that the WCW were like, oh, don't worry about the briefcase. You can leave that home now, Mongo. And he's gone, no, no, I'm sticking with it, baby. <laughs> just got it in my yeah. head that that's what he's doing. I'm going to cash it in at Halloween Havoc, baby. <laughs> wrong, wrong gimmick, Mongo. All oh, right, sorry. <laughs> then we get to um, the first of many of these tonight. Uh, yeah. An NWO paid announcement, but not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that Apparently. gets old as fuck. It, they should have just done that once. It was every time, wasn't it? It was fucking tragic. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, NWO, man. You know, we're celebrating our victory, brother. And the main thing is, Nasty Nick at night. We made a deal with his mom. He gets to watch. The NWO from 8 to 10 on every NWO Monday Nitro from here on out. Man. 
the WCW for bringing you this commercial time. They paid for it. Why? Because they had to. They, they lost their war games, and they had to pay the bill. I, I, I just want to say to all you WCW guys, hey, welcome back to Japan, guys. Nothing like a little time overseas to make you feel patriotic. And what about him? Hey, he's the best imposter in professional wrestling. Hey, off the page here, but isn't it amazing how you never see Bill Marriott and Ross Perot in the same spot? <laughs> hey, who says that? Oh, I do from now on. Welcome back, boys. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. I just watched Steve McMichael on that TV. I want to tell you something yeah, right now. And Deborah McMichael, she wants me. Yeah, it's tough Yeah. Airport the preceding announcement has been paid for by the new world order not anymore <laughs> so basically Logan so sat there with his kid, the uh, future that, vehicular menace. Kid? Yeah, the future vehicular menace and life ruiner, Nick Hogan. <laughs> Why, what happened? I don't know about that, genuinely. Something to do with he was driving some car with his mate in the passenger seat, I think, and he crashed it and he fucked his mate up for life. And then he got sent down for it. No, he got sent down for it, apparently. That's where the, uh, the conversations on the phone while he was in prison and all the other shite came out about, you know, um, uh... would... Would you be annoyed if he, if Brooke came home with two black men or a black man or fucking she was dating some some rapper or something at the time, mm. and he wasn't best pleased, and then it all got recorded because yeah, it's a out. it's a prison phone call which are recorded. The thick mm. cunt, yeah, <laughs> fucking pair of them are just shit house human beings. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that family in general. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, Deep Debiossi was like Debiossi's always one of the best parts of these segments now, really. Definitely. Um, he's like, you know, this commercial time used to be paid for by us, but not not now. Uh, WCW had to pay it because the deal they had with us. Um, good little, good little bit. <laughs> Nash is very relaxed in this segment. He's saying that you know, I I, just, I got a look at that Deborah McMichael. I think she wants me. He could he could sense it. He says, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very random. I quite like. I, I didn't mind this one as much because it was very chilled out. It was very. It was. It was. It's, it met. It matched some of the vibes of the earlier ones, but it it got a bit shitter as it went on in the night. Um, oh, I thought this bit started really piss poor, and then it got better when Hogan shut the fuck up. I mean, it's supposed to be this cool heel team. Nothing says cool like your kids sat on your knee. Do you know what I mean? You had you had so, shit. Sh- go on. So what the worst bit about this whole the whole thing is? Like you said, then it's meant to be like cool, real, real people. Hogan's always in his gimmick gear, and they're all in like everyone else is pretty much in street clothes, apart from the odd person wearing like an NWO shirt. Like Nash the giant is thinks street. he's got to dress up in his best fucking clubber every week. <laughs> Nash is in his streets, you know. I think I think Hall was as well. 
I think Waltman had an NWO shirt, but like Hogan's got full gimmick on tights, gimmick t-shirt, belt, weight belt, bandana, glasses. He looks ridiculous, man. But his it's son's like... in full gimmick as well. <laughs> I know. He's so he's so out of touch with the whole thing. He's still not grabbed, grasped it at all, is he? No um, one can tell him though. I know. You got dog shit sting sat there grinning like an idiot, absolutely pointless. No need for him to be anywhere near anything anymore. I know. <laughs> but he sat there watching NWO Nitro because he wants Nick to watch the NWO Nitro. They're not even in the fucking arena, the daft swat. <laughs> like you said, DiBiase does pull it back. That's where it starts getting better. You know, they had to pay for it. Uh, Hall says, uh, welcome back, WCW guys. Uh, nothing like an overseas trip to feel patriotic, <laughs> which was quite funny. Nash makes a joke about Bill Murray and some guy's name I didn't catch. Giant says he's hungry. Happens every half hour, so, you know, of course. So he's <laughs> fucking hungry. And Nash says, like you said, Nash says Deborah wanting him, wants him, and then they start all just chatting over each other and it, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit shit there, bit, wasn't it? Bit clustery. Yeah, these these got very old very quick. These segments, I'm afraid. Yeah, they got worse as they went on, though. I think they uh, really did. <laughs> uh, but then we got something that was, I thought, was pretty good. Anyway, we got um, Dean Malenko versus. Go on, John. Here he is, the Earl of EDM, the Viscount of Vorsprung Dirge Technique. That's Vonderkind. Commonsy Bitter, unlisten to Kraftwerk, Venick Vartein Hudson Younger, the heir to Hasselhoff, the overlord of Oktoberfest. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do at one of them rave gimmicks? German techno twat, Alex Wright. Ooh, he's back. He's back. We had a bit of love for Alex Wright over the weekend, didn't we? So it's quite good to see him. <laughs> yeah, because I was watching this and I just decided to just tweet out whatever the fuck happened to German Techno to Alex Wright. And I tell you what, we got a lot of we got a nice response. Um <laughs> we got Cheap Pops podcast. I think they, they did an interview with him, which was Yeah. Which I was need to quite listen cool. to that, actually. I'm, I'm quite intrigued to listen to that. Yeah, and then we got some 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 more sort of intriguing potential what he might have been done. Uh he might have his own promotion in Germany. He possibly is the wrestler Anger Fist, which to me is the best name ever. It's it's one of them literal, you know, when you just translate something into English from German, it's like, right, we call him Anger Fist. <laughs> Spot on. Well, I, we, we have a little bit of a, a sort of begrudging, well, not begrudging, we, we quite like Alex Wright, I think, because he's, he's just a bit of a, he's an interesting character on our shows, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, the, the the fifty-five different gimmick names for him is all done with love, <laughs> and he's not even that bad, really, is he? To be fair, he's he's had some all right bits and pieces when we've watched him. No, I think it started because he he comes out to this pounding techno, <laughs> which is ridiculous in the in the first place. But he's wearing a leather jacket now. Any rave does not need a leather jacket. You're sweating your tits off. I think uh, that's where it started. They need better yeah. gear for him. They need to come out with like fire poi and fucking glow sticks. Glow sticks. A whistle. <laughs> yeah. A whistle. Dress him up as like. Smiley face uh, tattoos, the rub on tattoos and stuff. Yeah. Get him like a bucket hat. Get him fucking like clobber from Cyber Dog or something. Like glows in the dark. 
turn the lights off, let him come down. It'd be like watching Jeff Hardy, but well, that, that'd be like, like that Naomi, wouldn't it? Then she come to the ring in glow sticks and stuff. Oh, I yeah, shit, she did. <laughs> Alex Wright definitely doesn't have the arse though to do that. <laughs> no, not at all. But he's covered. He's against a man who we haven't actually seen in ring often recently. No. But it's it's always it's always a pleasure to see the Iceman back on the screen. Always, Mr. Malenko, always. As usual, comes down business as usual. He, he, he's just so calm, cool, collected in either way. He just sort of strides to the ring. But he's got um he's got something with him. He's got a Rey Mysterio mask in hand, which is what you alluded to a minute ago. It must have, it happened on the Saturday show. I think he stole Ray's mask, which is, as we know, very disrespectful to that culture. cardinal sin, isn't it? Yeah, um, and then there he comes, the man himself, Mr. Alex Wright, coming down, getting some booze, to be fair. I felt a bit sorry for him. <laughs> it was a bit harsh. Yeah, um, he's the baby face. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you boo this man? I don't think sort of that crowd can grasp the fact that he's German, but also called Alex Wright. They thought he should be called, like, Dietmar von fucking Hesselhoff or something. <laughs> Dietmar Harman. <laughs> Dietmar Harman. He's had a bit of a he's had a bit of needle with all Cloppingtons this week, hasn't he? Yeah, he did. He did actually. Fuck Jurgen Klopp. What a knob. Larry says that it was a good move of human chess. That's one of his favourite lines by uh, by Dean for Nick in the mask, getting in the head of Ray and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but as it as it as it fucked up Dean's head even more, having that mask on the post. Possibly. Possibly so. What do you think of this one then? Any thoughts that you wanted to go with? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So there's the lock up, they do waist lock reversals, Dean works the arm, a nice athletic kip up reversal, and fireman's carry takeover by old uh, GTT. He <laughs> takes the arm, Dean reverses and twists his leg up. Lovely stuff. That was nice. Wright gets a hammer lock and uses knees on it, which I, I, I think that's a great little spot. Uh, superb takedown by Dean. Right bridges up and snap mares, puts a chin lock on him. Uh, Larry says about Dean that he has too much thought and not enough instinct. I that's why I thought the mask played into it because he's like mm. he's overthinking it because he's he's looking at Ray's mask, so he's got Ray on his mind and he's not he's paying not enough attention Alex, right? to Alex Wright, which I thought was quite subtle and quite good nuance. <laughs> back back suplex by Dean for two, they never fucking break. And Alex Wright, the overlord of Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> Pops out an 8.2 on the steamboat. Whoa! It was beautiful. Great rating. Beautiful. And Adid sends him out into the rail. He does a dragon screw leg whip and great vines his leg. Wright comes back with a flurry of uppercuts, which was lovely to see. Sting has a new nickname. The Lone Wolf. The Lone Wolf, yeah. Baron Corbin. The Lone Wolf, <laughs> wasn't he? I'm sure he yeah, was. Yeah, he was. He was, you're right, yeah. Big back drop and then a wheel kick. Dean counters but misses the crossbody. Right rolls him up for three. I thought it was a really nice TV match. It gets right over a little bit and it doesn't hurt Dean. It makes him look like the mask on the post is preoccupying him and he's that's why he's made a mistake. I thought it was quite an, a subtle little bit of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Without harking back four years to DDT, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Actually, 
And I think it's just a testament to how good Dean Malenko is because, like we said, we've seen flashes from Alex Wright, but he seemed to get he, Dean seemed to get the best out of him in this match. I thought anyway. Like you said, putting him with the right people, aren't they? Like Dean's yeah. always going to make you better. It's like it was like we saw the other week, didn't we? A couple of sort of rookies, like it was Mongo versus Joe. Was it Joe Gomez or the Renegade or something like that? It was. It was. Some, it was ugly. Pony. It was proper ugly. But putting an, a young guy like Alex Wright in with Dean Malenko, he only, he's only going to learn something. Even if the match isn't good, which it was pretty good, he's getting some out of it, isn't it? And he looked really good in the match. I thought. And to be fair, you're right. That I didn't really think. I didn't really sort of look into it in that much, really, with the with the mask thing. But I think that's a really good point that you've made. That was sort of like his mind's not there, is it? He's he's he's, he's truly focused on that one task at hand, and he's he's letting it, he's letting it slip in the match he's yeah. currently in. He's um, obsessing about the, getting his belt back. Yeah, and I, I like that though because that's sort of that it, he was like that was his purpose, wasn't it? Like he. he you know, he was portrayed as being really proud of like putting like quality on yeah. that on that division and that belt. I think it's good. I think I think it I think it builds that match even more without even having to have them interact, which is good. And I like I, I like that I like that Dean Dean's been beaten a couple a few times on our TVs and he and he still doesn't feel like he's been affected at all. I think Jericho no. surprise beat him. Obviously Mysterio got that surprise win over him as well. Now Alex Wright. I know we continue on about Alex Wright. It doesn't really amount to anything, but it is quite it's quite fun to watch a, a young guy sort of trying to make his way, even though we we pretty much know how it doesn't really go to anything. But I thought it was really fun. Um, I actually got a bit of a pop out of me for that win. I was really not expecting it. Um, no, it was, I wasn't either. I, I I enjoyed it actually. But there was, you know, there was there was also a little bit of doubt as well about if Dean both Dean's shoulders were down. I don't know if you noticed that. I don't know if that he, he could sort of that gives him a bit of an out as well. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. So there was there was there was that as well. So it doesn't hurt Dean at all, really. So that was that was good fun. We when we apparently we get we're supposed to get Macho next. There's, they show a clip of Liz watching Macho Man again on the Saturday show. So there's, that's a sort of little bubble in a way thing. There's sort of they try to rekindle that romance angle, aren't they, and stuff like that, I think. Um, well, he launches a ref and then drops Nick Patrick, which is quite funny. <laughs> that was quite funny. We get we, we hear a bit more about that as well later on in the night, don't we? Ian Mike, the non-rapist, <laughs> he announces Macho, gets a good reaction, but he's not there, so he can't they can't fully capitalise. So there's no talent this week for a Macho, so just a, just a little spoiler warning, it's not going to him this week. So where is he? He's not there. Even though he does get a good reaction, like, do you know what I mean? It was one of them when it was just a bit like a bit pointless, really, doing that. Yeah, today looked a bit flustered, so he just goes straight to. A I wonder break. if he didn't expect it. I wonder if he was going. What's going on here? Well, that or he's just sold really well. But yeah, who knows? Back from the break, um, and a returning, a returning man that we haven't seen in some time. Actually, very, very pleased, pleased to see him. It's Jim Powers. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> well, going to go for Eduardo then. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, Eddie's back, looking as sex offender as usual, if not worse. That bullet's getting worse. It's long as anything. Powers is accompanied by uh, Teddy Long. And do you know what? Kevin Nash was right. Teddy is putting some serious poundage on. <laughs> he's looking big at this point. Yeah, he? he's, he's, he's round as fuck, isn't he? Bloated in the face. 
and then Eddie's coming down and, and we get the news that I've been wanting to hear for quite some time. It's going to be Eddie and DDP at Halloween Havoc. And I almost Eddie. had a chubby. Almost had hey. a chubby. Hey! <laughs> but then we also get a little pan to the side and that, that Olympic silver medalist is at ringside again. He's called Matt Gaffari. I took his name down this time because he seems like he's going to be featuring. Oh, I'm guessing they've signed him. Otherwise, why would they show him two weeks in a row? It's a bit weird otherwise. I don't remember him being anything. So unless they gave him like saddled him with some dog shit gimmick, I don't know. He's he's obviously at the he must be at a power plant or something, mustn't he? <laughs> Nick, trained by Nick, the leprechaun. Nick Nick Patrick's there, and I was in absolute hysterics of him in his in his neck brace. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It's I don't top, know why. It's not... <laughs> I just found it really funny. It's so good to have Eddie back in it on telly. It really is. It is. Can we just talk for a second about his mullet? <laughs> Go on. It is. It is the sleaziest mullet, but I find it find it more pleasing to thine eye because it's more luxurious and quaffered than Brad's. Is yeah, it like Brad's is very like slicked, isn't it? It's very cas- greasy, cascaded grease down his hair. Whereas Eddie looks greasier. When he gets into the WWE. Yeah, he did. Yeah, they made him greasier then, didn't they? He is babyface as fuck here. So he's he's like, he's been blow-dried. He's been, you know, he's had his rollers in. He's had all sorts. <laughs> he just looks he just looks far more, you know, top tier, that mullet, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. It's, like I say, it's so, it's so nice to see him. And they're liking a bit of Jim Powers at the minute, aren't they? He seems to be getting on the show quite a lot. I just find him bland as fuck. He's... Yeah. Ted, even Teddy can't make him work. He's just destined to be a jobber. Yeah. He's really, really, really bland. But they like bland guys, Luger. So, fuck knows. True. Do you know what I found quite annoying in this match? There was massive, like, NWO chants in the crowd. Oh, yeah. That pissed me off for some reason. I just thought it was like, they're not even here. No, they're getting <laughs> over, aren't they? They're getting over as that anti-hero thing. Yeah, Larry said that he uh, he hated it when Teddy Long was a ref. <laughs> Which I found quite funny, actually. It, there wasn't there wasn't much of a match, really, was there? I don't. There wasn't much to really go off. Eddie sort of struggled to get any momentum going to begin with, and then Powers hit a few power Powers hit a few power moves. Funnily enough, got a little suplex for the middle rope for two. Eddie hits a German with a bridge, which was nice. We do like a bit of that, and we do. And and Nicky Patrick counts to three, but it looks as though Powers power like came out of the cover, so. It and then his shoulders looked like they were down as well. Yeah, so there's there's little there's little bits and pieces with Nicky Patrick. Isn't he? He's got little like he's got little like rivalries with a few people, especially uh, old Teddy Long at the minute. He's uh, Teddy Long is not happy, and Eddie wasn't wasn't particularly thrilled to accept the win, but he walked out the ring anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. I think I think I liked it a bit better than you. I thought it was probably Jim Powers' best match. Which I know that's not hard, but you know, they start off with a hammerlock reversals into a full Nelson headlock, shoulder charge by Powers, you know, standard stuff. Wheel kick by Eddie in a slam, and then that peach of a rolling sense on for two, where he, you know, uh, sort of yeah. leaps over the ropes. Suplex reversed, and Eddie eats fists. Uh, it's a takedown by Eddie. Really nice overhead belly to belly by Jim Powers. I'll give him that. Two Irish rips and a lariat for two. Chin locking the NWO goons with placards come in the crowd. That's why the NWO chance started, I believe. Mm. Uh, just a gut shot and a knee lift. Vertical suplex for one. 
chin lock again, NWO chance, as you said. Knee in the neck on the chin lock, which was really nice. Nice little touch by Powers. Uh, Eddie fights out, beautiful uppercut. Powers takes over with fists and uh, heads to the turnbuckle. Side suplex by Eddie up top. Superplex by uh, Powers for two. Joe with a bridge by three. And then, you know, obviously, it just all looked a bit like a fuck finish. I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Powers will do very well to have any better matches than that in his career. It's about as good as it's going to get in it, I think. Pretty um, much. He's, he's destined do, for the... I do quite like that they... I do quite like that they're sort of masking the, the Nick Patrick thing by like having him have controversial finishes in quite a few matches. Not yeah. all of them. Where sometimes they'll go, Nick Patrick did really well there, he was great officiator, but sometimes he'll have these little dodgy finishes and you go, maybe he's just a, a bit off his game. Maybe he's not just with the NWO. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think that's quite good that they're doing that. That's one of the better little bubbling away storylines they've got, I think, the Nick Patrick thing. Well, that's it. That's another slow burner. Eddie made Eddie made powers look great, and it furthers the Patrick stuff. Do you know what I mean? It didn't hurt yeah. Eddie anything. So you know, I don't see the problem with it. It was it was one of them. But some, something I do see a problem with is what we get next. Another NWO segment in the Marriott Hotel. The, yeah. the back doing doing goggle box before fucking goggle box was a thing. They're being filmed watching fucking telly. Yeah. Crap, really, wasn't it? The nasty boys walking. No. It's all very pally, isn't it? So they must yep, be. So They've done business, yeah. And they say they say the word business more times than fucking Helmsley says it. Business, I love this. I love this. I love this business. Big fucking deal. <laughs> room room uh, service turns up. They're going to party, and then uh, the giant dives right in, straight ahead, straight for the food. Can't can't stop him. He's big fucking monolith that he is. Unintelli- <laughs> unintelligible chatter. Nash has his glasses on. Does a racist full metal jacket, me love you long time thing, and then make some weird fucking noise. And I'm just thinking, they're genuinely just letting any everybody just do what they fucking want. It's like, and this is, I'm I'm looking I'm watching Nash's gimpy comedy, here, and I'm thinking, uh, this is Bullet Club, right? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the really elite. <laughs> just, just Nash. I mean, Nash that probably got over about four people. Probably some in joke. It's like me and you when we make our fucking Collingwood jokes. Do you know what I mean? Nobody gets it, bar me and you. There's quite a lot in two interviews that he was basically just doing it to pop his boys, like pop his mates. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> but when well, you're watching it, like us, we're just going, what? what? <laughs> yeah, there's just, just no context to it. It's like, what the fuck are you going on about? And um, then fucking Stags gets on the table and does the uh, Ace Ventura ass talk. <laughs> I'd right? like to ask you a few questions. <laughs> yeah, like, and says it's an impression of Bischoff. Uh, so it looks like the Nasties have now joined the NWO. Woeful. That was the only bit in the segment that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. It just made me, made me go watch the Ace Ventura scene. <laughs> what would have put the cherry on it, for me, would would have been like just Sags not Sags's weight not being held by the table and going through it. That would have been funny as fuck. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so again, the segments aren't getting great with them, are they? There's too many of them now, isn't there? There's just too much going on. We'll get Iron Mike's back again with, with Arn, Liz, and Woman. And this was good. This was better. Let's try to shed some light on a confusing situation. I'm joined by Arn Anderson, Woman, and Miss Elizabeth. Last Monday on Nitro, when the stars of World Championship Wrestling were away in Japan, the only four horsemen representative was Miss Elizabeth. Liz, without being a little too brash, 
lest my memory is failing me, after war games, didn't we all sit down? We realized you had a weak moment. Maybe some old feelings were dug up. We forgave you that because we've all made mistakes. Maybe we made a mistake that night stepping outside the horseman. Didn't we all sit down and have a meeting and decide that we've got to pull together stronger than ever? Now we got to go to Japan. Benoit, myself, Flair over there fighting for our lives with some stiff competition. We get home and what do we find out? You're out sightseeing. You're doing, you're flying off on your own. We're either going to win or lose as a cohesive unit. Understand this. Let me have this say. We're going to win or lose as a cohesive unit. She's a horseman. You're a horseman. I'm a horseman. There is no gray area here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Business is business, Liz. And you know this. The horsemen know where I stand. What were you doing out there? It's, it's what were you doing? You're, so, you're supposed to have time off. Rick's out over in Japan, Arn's over there. What were you doing there? You're not using your head, girl. It's more complicated than you could know. No. I, I don't know what to say. It's just Well, I, I know what to say. I got a big match against a fine young talent coming up real quick. Not to mention Luger at Halloween Havoc. Now, either you're in or you're out. But if you're in, you're all the way in. There is no gray area. You better think about that long and hard. Business is business. Now, let's go to the ring for more action on Monday Nitro. Yeah, they left Liz over over in America when they went to Japan. Anne says he's forg forgiven her for the savage weakness. He admits they made a mistake at War Games, you know, sort of going outside the horseman, yeah. which, which was nice. Said they've got to pull together. Uh, puts over Japan, saying like there's you know tough competition over there, and he puts over that the horsemen are a cohesive unit, win or lose. Doesn't matter whether they win or lose as long as they're together, which is you know a sergeant a major. No, he says no grey area is true. W woman comes in, she says business is business. There's a lot of business going on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is where this was Helmsley's favourite episode. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was. Uh, she asked Liz what she was doing. Liz says it's complicated and doesn't know what to say, which, you know, is pretty standard. Anne comes back in and uh, pulls it back. He puts over Jericho. Andy puts over his Luger match at Havoc. He just, like, the guy just succinctly got everything in. Quality. <laughs> Didn't miss a beat. It was, yeah, it was, it was fucking spot on, just pro, pure pro wrestling quality, wasn't it? There was a foreshadowing there with, with Liz, maybe. She going back to Savage or is she mm. going somewhere else? Mm. Yeah, well, we'll see later on, won't we? Did you did you enjoy the the old classic bit of Arn? I thought it was a good segment in general. To be fair, even woman I think she did a good bit. She repeated herself at one point, but I let her off. She that doesn't talk often, but when she does, she she's not half bad. No, she's all right. Arn's just the star of the show. The whole thing, and he that that bit where he was like, we, we, we either win or lose, like you said, when you win or lose as a cohesive unit, that we can't be having any more of this sort of confusion okay. or grey areas. Like you said, I thought it was really good. Totally. And he's so good. At, he's so good at putting, like you said, he, he he gets everything that he needs to in, and he does it in such an, a natural way. It just sounds so good. And for some reason, I'm quite excited for Arn versus Luger. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you two words, Arn Anderson. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah, good point. He knows um, how to put his shit over, and he knows how to put other people's shit over as well. Yeah, but someone who is definitely not over with me coming out next. <laughs> the the laughing lunatic. Stock. The laughing stock. 
Hugh Morris in a return match against Brad Armstrong. He was sort of stung with a little surprise loss at, um, last week. It's always nice to see Brad, but, you know, why do we need this again? No, there's no need for it, is there, really? At least he hits his porno fucking dropkick again. That's beautiful. He hit it a couple of times. It was lovely. Mm. Did um, miss one, though. Lay him off. The other two made up for it. <laughs> I hate I hate Hugh Morris. I, I, I can't say that enough. He's the absolute steaming shit. Yeah. Uh, he's just shit. Bischoff, Bischoff's back. Bischoff's on for this bit because the second hour begins. He wants to know what's going on with Macho. And he's sort of, he's, he's going on about, he thinks Bischoff, Bisch, Bischoff thinks that the nasties are getting played by Hogan. Um, but then he goes, if if Hogan, if he, if they believe Hogan, they're even stupider than they look. And Bobby goes, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you get a, we get a nice bit of sexism from uh, Larry as, as, as he, uh, they come down to the ring. He says, uh, you can't trust women, they're fickle. Like, Why is that? Where have you got that from? Why is that? You know he's had probably multiple divorces and he's just an angry yeah, he's man. Got him, he's paying out of the arsehole every time fucking he meets a woman. You can tell, guy. Yeah. He's he's an angry, angry man. <laughs> this this was pretty shit. I'll be honest with you, but Brad sells well. Two great drop kicks and a nice insigori, and the dog shit waterfall that is his hair. <laughs> and then um. To win it, Hugh Morris hits two of his fat boy moonsaults, as you like to call them. Fucking double <laughs> fat boys. <laughs> um, Not showing off. Definitely yeah. showing off. Yeah, he definitely is. And we're backstage again with Liz, Ann and Woman. They're all having an argument. And Ann says he needs, she needs to take her heart out of the situation. And it's we go to a break with the argument still brewing on. It's still kicking off. We come, we come back and Bischoff's doing his, his defiance Bad, again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he leaves the broadcast booth because he needs to see what's going on with Savage. He needs to. I don't know what that's all about. I don't it seems like the early seeds for him joining them, I think, from what I can Yeah, gather. probably, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to that hotel and not tell them anything, probably. What the hell is he going to do? <laughs> nothing. He's a tit. He really is fucking woeful, Bischoff. He really is. So um, we get some of that on paper is barn birdie worthy, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's it's. Got I've got giddy when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> it's got quality written all over it. Here comes Jericho with his absolute banging tune. Let's be honest, it grows on me every week. That that song. It's fucking beautiful. That song <laughs> better than um, fucking Judas in my mind. Anyway, <laughs> it's Jericho versus Arn Anderson, which just has. Just saying it just think makes you think quality. And Jericho's coming down, he's fired up. And I think Arn's music's mint as well for some reason. I just think it's proper, like, cool. A bit drive time. <laughs> it's just drive time. It's Clarkson as fuck. I quite like it with, like, the more proper, like... Like the proper t- the, the guitar in here. <laughs> you're, letting, you're letting the fact that you want Arn Anderson to be your dad cloud your judgment here. Because we all want Arn Anderson to be our dad. <laughs> So there's no Liz in sight. She's not with them. So it's just woman with Arn. Which I think's better anyway. You don't need two. Well, Liz, Liz doesn't do anything. Well, yeah. at least you can hear a woman screaming and she gets involved. And you know what I mean. Yeah, she's always the one that gets involved with the matches, doesn't she? So, so Tony joins the team at the booth to replace Eric, the defiant Eric. That is. Oh joy. Um, and then Bobby's like, he almost gives up the ghost again. 
where he's like, oh, yep. is, Eric, is Eric part of the NWO? Why say it? Stop. Why does Bobby Heenan keep doing that? Because <laughs> I genuinely don't think he gives a fuck. <laughs> we did it with Hogan, didn't he? Fuck that nearly. He shouldn't be doing that. That's stupid, man. This match was a belter for me. A proper belter. What do you reckon? Yeah. I don't know if you Apart from one or two little bits. Yeah, obviously. It was it wasn't it wasn't like top tier fucking meant it was a TV match, but yeah. I think it was about five minutes or so. But yeah. it was an overarching sort of bit of nuance how Arn had something on his mind. He wasn't doing what yeah. he usually does. He didn't come out dominant. He wasn't cutting the ring off. He wasn't doing all that. Even Bobby mentioned it on commentary. Yeah. And I thought I thought it was really well done yeah. by Arn Anderson. And he gave he gave Jericho a lot more than you thought he would get. And he made mm. Jericho look fucking superb. Yeah, he did. One little gripe. Woman slaps Jericho quite early on. Should have been a DQ. Ref's looking right at it. Um, yeah, of course he does. But they but... sort of, they try and... The train sort of like, sort of swing it by saying, "Oh, it happened outside the ring and all this." It's like it doesn't really. Well, that's what they do like with the enemy, public enemy, don't they? When they bring the table yeah. down and say, "As long as it's not in the ring, it's not a foreign object <laughs> or um, international object," as they once called it. Yeah, Jericho looks great in this match. He's getting he's getting he's getting the better of Arn early on, like you said. Arn's giving him quite a lot of offense. That sort of slap by woman allowed Arn to get into the ascendancy. And then we see Liz leaving the backstage area. I really like, there was a really cool um, springboard shoulder block by Jericho, which was really nice. He sort of, he, he springboard to like the, yeah. the outside. That was really nice. A couple of nice counters by Jericho with a, with a drop kick. And I thought the finish to this match was absolutely mint. I don't know if you want to talk about the rest of it before, and but I'll, you know. Yeah, we'll do. But first, 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 I'm going to say is this is a match that Chris Jericho should fucking watch these days because yeah. this is exactly how you get somebody over by beating yeah. them. And Chris Jericho doesn't do that. He, he beats that him master, does he? and destroys him. So it's a nice lock up, and Jericho out muscles Arn, gets him into the corner, mm. which was you, you don't expect to see. Fireman's carrying to head scissors. Lovely mm. headlock into hammerlock by uh, Arn, reversed by Jericho. Dropped toe hold and a leg lock uh, grounding Arn, which is nice. You know, he's, he's the bigger dude. Yeah. Wrist lock reversals and kicks by Jericho. Shoulders to the gut by Arn. Side kick by Jericho and a flying clothesline outside. What woman slaps Jericho and uh, Arn drops him. Arn drives his head into the steps. It's a knee drop. Body slam. Jericho catches a drop kick. Hope spot as Arn comes off the second. Bobby makes a great point, like I said before, that uh, Arn's preoccupied. He's not doing his usual stuff. Big backdrop to Arn and a, sh uh, a springboard shoulder to Arn, like you said. A top rope back elbow for two. Goes for his uh, acai moon salt, aka the lion salt. Misses it. And old Arn Anderson hits that absolute top tier corking DDT for free. Loved it. Yeah. I looked, That finish was superb. It was like. It was almost like it was like with Arn was saying to him, "Yeah, you almost got me, kid, but it's not good enough. I'm going to finish you off now." Like it was like you had your chance, but that's it now. Sorry, said I'm putting you away. I love that bout of it, and it was just like it was quick and it was quick fire, but it was it was enough to make both men look like such a threat in different ways. 
Yeah, it, it was, was almost old veteran it, versus young upstart. It was great. Yeah, it was like it was it was it was similar to the sort of diamond cutter the way he just sort of sprung up and snapped, smashed that DDT in. I just loved the I love I just loved the, the sort of the nuance of it. <laughs> Subtleties. Just, just like the the just the it was like that you almost got me kid, but you're gonna have to do better than that. It was just I love that part of it. It was so it's vicious nuance, as well. so it's easily understandable. Yeah, I know, but that's the that's the word that gets like to get banded about these days, isn't it? And that that DDT is fucking not. It just means it just shows that the simplest of moves in its sort of conception can look that good and that dominant. Yeah, it's you how you do it. Do, you don't have to do bloody sixteen fucking somersaults to make a finisher look good. Do you know what I mean? Like something as simple as that can look great. Well, if um, you want stars, that's what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> I think Arn Anderson couldn't give couldn't give a shiny fuck about Star. Right? <laughs> no, he so, could yeah. not. <laughs> and no, can we smack the taste out of your mouth if you were going on about star ratings in his day? I bet. So we, we get another MWO t-shirt. I'd pretty much the same one. Buy the shirt and all that. <laughs> yeah. That was the best segment they did all night. I think. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We get back from the break and we see Lizzie's uh, leaving the building with the bags packed. Where's she going, I wonder? We'll find out. <laughs> and then we get uh, another match here. Lex Luger. Oh, fuck the, me. The newly named M Wall Street. And I'm sorry to have to do this, John. You're probably going to be disappointed with me. Luger nope, has I've, to I've pop this week. Yeah, I'll put big, big pop for old Jürgen. He just, he's consistently getting the best one of the best reactions on the show. With no Savage being there to enter the arena earlier on, it has to go to Luger, I'm afraid. Uh, I'd already resigned myself to it, don't worry. <laughs> it's a shame to have to give it to him, but at least it breaks the Savage dominance. Yeah, I'd rather give it Savage. <laughs> Luger said to, apparently Luger said to Tony, he thinks Sting just needs a little bit of time just to get over it, that's what he says. And then, okay. But also, Bobby counters that by saying that Sting's devastated by the lack of trust. He's devastated. Uh, yeah, old, get, get over it, Sting. Let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just get over it, mate. Every um, week. <laughs> so this match is um, not great shit. on paper. <laughs> what shit, about, it's it... dog shit. Absolute <laughs> fucking wank. It's horrendous, Mark. It's fucking dreadful. I would rather watch someone clipping my toenails for fucking ten minutes. It's fucking <laughs> dreadful. The lack of charisma in that ring is astounding. <laughs> oh, what from Bray Wyatt Senior? Come on, <laughs> fucking Bray Wyatt. Right, Luger's hair looks like the plastic hair of an action figure. It doesn't fucking move. Even that's He's got wooden. a full full kind of hairspray on that. Oh, of course it? he has. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Luger starts with a bit of wrestling. He works the arm, hip toss, slam, elbow, headlock. Wall Street slings him outside. Wall Street gets the heat with uh, an abdominal stretch using the ropes. Stomps, Luger, Luger counters, sunset flip for two. Wall Street drops fists and elbows. Chin lock number one. <laughs> the leg drop. Chin lock. <laughs> yep, does a leg drop for two. Chin lock number two. I'm nodding off here. Fiery punch comeback by Luger, but he's cut off. Uppercut. Snapmare for two. You're pinning on a snapmare. Fuck off. <laughs> Chin lock number three. Luger rolls up for two. Small package for two. Shit forearm for two. 
Cut gets cut off with a lariat. The suplex is countered into the rack, and he quits, and he gets a big fucking pop. <laughs> he gets a monster it, pop, to be honest. It, it, got, it, it got a lot better at the end, but fucking hell, it was boring as fuck. Took some time to get there, didn't it? Jesus. I had a birthday. I shaved three times. I fucking <laughs> went to the shop, got a loaf, put a it's kettle the on, locks, had a poo. It? It's the chin locks, man. Three <laughs> fucking so... chin locks. It wasn't even that long of a match, was it? But there was three chin locks. But I don't mind a chin lock. I understand the point of a chin lock, but it doesn't work the chin lock to make it look like it hurts. It's just, he it's just, just like he just puts in and just leaves it, doesn't he? Yeah, and just chills out. It's like I was, it's like sticking something in the microwave and then fucking off for a cig or something. Do you know what I mean? He's just left it there, and it's done when it's done. And it's like fuck me, Michael. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Glad sidings to you and your kin <laughs> Yeah but it wasn't great was it Luger is so fucking over though It's obscene it really is I don't I, I don't How how I don't get This it. fucking human action figure Waxwork fucking Wooden cunt How is he over do you think it's How? that sort of thing where it's like he was given like the shit, like the the American gimmick in w, in WWF, and he was like pushed as like the new Hogan, and he's sort of like he's packaged himself as like the complete opposite of that, where people are sort of started to think he's different than what he was. I don't know, like it's weird. I it think it's because he was over before he went to the WWF. He was over because he was in the horseman. He was over. For numerous reasons, him and him and Sting were always over, and I think he went there, didn't get over, and then um, came back to where he's, he's home, quote unquote, and he just it was a continuation of him being over before people remembered him, and he was just over, mm. and I just I just never got it ever. I didn't like it when it was shoved down my throat by Vince, but I don't like it when it's. Just Organic. when he's just there, yeah. I don't even like it when he's just there. He could walk down the street, and I'd think he was fuck. I'd be like, "What a boring walk that guy's got." <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> not a fan of that match. Then, eh? <laughs> oh, I loved it, loved it, mate. Honestly, yeah, it shits it all over funny. Ray and Dean, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that could be in the in the nomin in the nominees for match of the year. To be fair, <laughs> but um, we what, move on. Observer and... match of the year. Yeah, yeah, probably. We have to check nineteen ninety six the ratings anyway. <laughs> Five stars. Uh, so Tony talks about how WCW are offering a peace offering to Sting. I know. Him a NASCAR. Again, NASCAR. <laughs> what is that all about? It's so weird. Um, it, it, it features his likeness. You know, it's it's a WCW uh, stock car, but it's got the likeness of Sting on. We want an olive branch Sting. There you go. We love you, really. <laughs> um, Fuck, are they thinking he's switching the telly on on Monday night and going, oh my God, they've given me a car. I, uh, this is what they look, this is what they want. This is what they're trying to do for me. <laughs> um, feels, like he's, feels like he's won on a game show. <laughs> Look at what you could have won. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba, da. <laughs> Brings out the speedboat, the sting boat. <laughs> well, we move on to um, a tag match from a couple of blokes that you don't often see on the telly, to be fair. They're normally quite crowded out by the old Taskmaster. Faces of Fear with Jimmy Hart, as usual, against the Rock and Roll Express. I was quite looking out. forward to this on paper. 
Yeah, watch out two bad motherfuckers on the way to the ring when you see these two ge- geezers. Jesus, they look hard Definitely. as fuck, don't they? And then following that, uh, two guys that you'd probably just laugh at in a fight. That I have, I have Gibson and Mullet of Martin. <laughs> we get a little announcement. It's Benoit and Mongo versus the Face of Fear at the pay per views. Bit random. That could be good, but Mongo. So you know, <laughs> you, you don't know. Do you? do you remember when he couldn't walk up? Fucking when he couldn't climb the ropes twice. <laughs> so you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, he's, he's just a botch waiting to happen, isn't he, that bloke? I, I waited for Mongo Mongo versus Hoovy. <laughs> I can't wait for the long-awaited Mongo versus uh, uh, Kevin Green. That must be getting close. That must be only, what, 50 weeks away? Something like that now? I, I, I just could not give a shit. <laughs> yeah, this, this match on paper's got a bit about it, hasn't it, to be fair? A couple of, couple of veterans in the old rock and roll and a couple of big boys in the faces of fear. What did you reckon to this bad boy? It starts off all right, Ricky. You know I love the Rock and Roll Express. You know I love the face of fear. So I'm going, yes, this could be a match of the night, possibly. Mm. Morton uses his speed to duck and weave on Meng. Smart fella. Rick, Ricky clocks him. Meng just fucking no-sells and chokes him. I thought, the, I thought the face of fear were taking a couple of liberties. I don't know if it was just the sell job by Rock and Roll or if it was they were taking a few few liberties. I'm not sure. Who knows? Gets a sleeper on Meng, gets dropped, gets it again, and he's wearing him down. There's a double headbutt by the face of fear and barbs in. Catches not, uh, catches Ricky Morton with absolute ease. Gibson drop kicks and uh, Ricky gets a one. I thought I like that spot where they sort of where he picks up and he drop kicks him. Yeah. And the double, triple covers, no sell by Barb, just not giving him fuck all. Why was Gibson... the ref counting for the illegal man though? I have no idea. It's that a, was a confusing one. Consistency again, you know. <laughs> Gibson gets worked by Barb with a splash and fists. Sunset flip hope spot for two. And he goes to a break. Roll up by Ricky Martin for two. Meng spits at Gibson, which was quite a bit... I, I didn't know. Is, is he, you never know with Meng. Yeah. Is he, is he, is he working here? Because if he's not, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> An absolute beaut of a pile driver by Meng for two because Gibson mm. saves. So I get that. They got out of that because Gibson broke it up, but he doesn't sell it. Mm. There's get a phrase, there's a phrase called selling like Ricky Morton. He doesn't sell a fucking pile driver. Cornet would, I'd love to show this to Cornet because I'm like, listen, fuck face. Look, this is what happens. Look, sometimes. Your boy, yeah. your boy doesn't sell a pile driver. And I thought that was a really bad call from Ricky Morton. He should know. He should definitely know better. But it's it's like it's an also a bad call from Meng. I'm sorry, Meng, in advance. But <laughs> don't be doing a pile driver in the middle of the middle of the match when you know it's not the finish. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's. I thought yeah. it was just a stupid spot. And after that, I kind of just went pfft, lost interest in it. There's an atomic drop by Meng. Barb's in. Power bomb for two. Should have been the finish. Should have been over. Should have been done. There was a lot of that one. There was a few too many false finishes for me in this one. Yeah, it was a very modern match, Yeah, to be fair. Backbreaker for two. Meng in. Puts a camel clutch on him. Chops, fists. There's little hope spots. Uh, across body. Barb's in. Cut off the ring. Big flipping double headbutt thing that they do. Gives and breaks it up. There's a weak tag, very, very weak tag. No Luke, pop at all. It wasn't even lukewarm, was it? It was. Cold. It was. It was stone cold. No, no, not that kind of stone cold. But you know, it was stone cold. Gibson cleans up. Martin was fucked thirty seconds previous, and now he's back in. Mm. 
Double drop kick. Barb kicks Gibson as he's gripping uh, Jimmy Hart on the uh, apron. I lost interest after the pile driver. They beat up Gibson. Public enemy are down now for fuck's sake. Faces just no selling Twatlam and uh, they destroy Johnny Grunge's knee. So, I mean, it ended nice. <laughs> Face a fair win. They look like badasses, but I just think that, yeah, it just it, it wasn't great. It didn't match, for me. Did it? No, I just I wasn't a fan and I thought rock and roll should have known better. But men should know better not to do power driver, you know, two and a half minutes into a match. When yeah. you know it's not the finish, you know. I think it was one of them where on paper it sounded good, but it, it just didn't work, did it? Really. Apart from the opening few bits and pieces, there was too, had a few too many false finishes. Uh, you're going to say this is quite blasphemous, but rock and roll came across very young booksy in this match. A lot of no selling. Yeah, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of kickouts. Um, I wonder if they got a bit of inspiration from some of this later stuff from them. I don't know. Um, Possibly. You know that you know those guys were watching ninety six, ninety seven, fucking and uh, WCW with the obsession with the fucking yeah. NWO and the Bullet Club stuff. So possibly, yeah. Like you said, <laughs> I quite enjoyed seeing one of the public pubic enemy getting uh, getting beat down. That was quite fun. It wasn't the one that that, but that um, it was the one that it was the other one that got fucking nailed by uh, Meng the other week, wasn't it? So it wasn't him. So I was, I was, I was, I was thinking it might, it might have been that storyline that, like, you know, the other week when we were on about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably storyline actually, or they've made a real life thing into something, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Get another NWO segment. Um, oh shit! It's another one. They're all still in the hotel. DBS wants to know where the cham- champagne is or the Dom Perignon or whatever he's ordered. Again, I just put here in my nose. I said it earlier, but Hogan always in his full gimmick. He looks a fucking joke. They've got that talking race car driver. He's talking to his idiot son. I'm like, why is your fucking kid at this party if you get it all getting off your tits? You've oh, got no. the two notorious fucking Soma Kings and fucking Waltman. And it's like, your kid sat there. I mean, we know he's a vehicular menace, but yeah, don't have your kid there, you fucking bad parent. Crap. And then they've got the right, that race car driver I mentioned the other week, Cal Petty. It must be some kind of big deal in NASCAR or something. They're on about how he punched someone. I have no idea what, was, what it was. Wonderful. They've made a deal that he's going to be driving for him. And he's like, oh, I don't even know WCW had a car. Yeah, of course he didn't, son. Just shit. Proper shit. As I say, they got worse as they went on. Um, and it, Oh, God, they were useless, yeah. <laughs> and then we get the what would be considered the main event match wasn't necessarily the main event segment, but Benoit versus Rick Steiner, which is again on paper. On paper, paper. Um, Benoit's flanked by Mongo and Deborah as usual. That sort of little on ensemble that they seem to be sort of sticking with. Big old barking chants for Rick. They, they they get a bit. They quite they're quite loud. Them actually aren't they? They're quite good. It's very like when you first hear it, you think he's getting booed, but then you realise it's. <laughs> all that yeah, no Scott. Yeah, where was Scott? That was odd. I did enjoy Bobby uh, ripping the fuck out of him, going, "Oh yeah, fucking, you moving, you moving next door? What, what are your neighbours called? Oh, the dog face gremlins. You grow, you're going to become a grandmother. Who by by the dog face gremlin? And all this <laughs> is just, it's just funny. Got a dog face gremlin. <laughs> We get we get a little Halloween Havoc promo package before it actually starts. Pretty low we budget, do. that I thought. Looked crap. We get a fucking Nick Patrick promo into the camera. He promo savage, doesn't he? Yeah. 
What was he saying? He's the law around there and all this. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna. No one else would work when I've got him this down or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's gonna. I think that's gonna be the long, long term, isn't it? He's gonna probably screw Savage out at Halloween Havoc, something like that. We'll have yeah, to wait. Probably. It seems yeah, like the, so. the seeds are being sown, as you would say. I thought this match was quite good, actually. Up to it a point. Yeah, up to a point. But it's sort of what you come to expect with those two at the ringside. Nice little struggle at the at the beginning in the corner. Both men sort of feeling oh, yeah. that was good. Huge, huge German suplex were released by Rick. Massive impact on the neck oh, of Ben. Fucking phenomenal. That was fucking monstrous. Uh, I was like, that was like what Brock Lesnar's German suplexes should be like instead yeah. of just sack of shit in him over his head. It's pure um, strength, though, isn't it? Yeah, beautiful. Pops the hips, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> well, J.I. used to say that all the time, didn't he? Whenever, I think whenever Angle used to do him. Benoit sort of gets himself back on back on top with stomps and a couple of like, short clotheslines. A little snap suplex as well. You know, he's, he's shouting at Rick, come on, give us a bit more, Rick, and all this. He's, that, was, that was quite good. And then Rick hits that sort of Similar to what he has done, but that like beautiful, like catching instant throwing counter, like into a into a suplex. It's oh, funny. I call it the leap leapfrog leapfrog slam kind of thing. Yeah, it was slightly modified though. It was he didn't go for a leapfrog. He sort of jumped up for like I don't even know what he went for, but it just looks fucking incredible. Especially when he hits it with that so much velocity and speed, it's just beautiful. But then it gets annoying because I was really getting into the match, and old Deborah gets on the ring apron and she's distracting Nick Patrick. Mongo takes about twenty minutes to get in the ring. He, he, he's yeah, so he <laughs> so shit. He like he like goes round the camera to get in, and he's like, and then he, he gives him the weakest little hit on the on the back with with the briefcase. And you're thinking, in what world is that going to put Nick Rick Steiner out for three seconds? It just isn't, is it? I like the reaction though, where he just fell back and Boma just fell onto him. Yeah, that but it was good. But he should have whacked him on the head with it. Do you know what I mean? To like to yeah. lose that he knocked him out instead of just whacking him on the small on the back. Why is that going to, you know what I mean? That wouldn't put him away. Silly and that. it took forever to cover because fucking Roboto wasn't on the fucking, on the, didn't get the memo when she's still talking to him five seconds after he's fucking done it. Tea or yeah. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ben White like, gets like Crichton off Red Dwarf, isn't she? <laughs> I have no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben White gets himself a cover for free. Not too bad up to a point. Again, it was just the outside. There's too much outside stuff in there. There's an awful lot of stuff like that that happens on Nitro. I thought it was decent enough. It wasn't amazing. It was it was all right. I mean, there was, the enough, finish there was enough few little standard. interesting spots, weren't there? There was a couple of really nice yeah. spots, especially for Rick Steiner. He, he was really good in it. It's all cool um, matches, but you know, you can see you can see a Mongo Benoit Steiner's thing coming down the line, probably. Possibly, yeah. Uh, but then we, we finished the show off with, again, another NWO announcement. This supposed to be the sixth one of them, I think it was. Fourth um, fifth, yeah. And this was arguably the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Not anymore. Start over. Start over. You really play your cards right. When you look at the whole spectrum of the whole situation, you'll see you look at me. No. I don't have any. Listen to me. I don't have any acting ability. I have none. 
<laughs> I've done two movies no, you're already. Good. You're good, brother. You're real good. Two movies. I did a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're really Arnold. Good. You're really good. I just did a movie last Here's week. Off the <laughs> if you listen to me, see, this is our group. This is our thing. Family. We take care of each other. Family. It's the way we work. You know, I don't, you know, there's no question. There's no. I don't need to understand. I'm oh, telling man. you, you got to Hollywood. Tell her Hollywood. The NWO is the Tell her Hollywood. Let me straighten it out. You know, this whole thing's a lot. You know, don't worry about it. Sam, Sam, Sam. What's that? Oh, Just hold off on that for Wait a minute, Vince. 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 He's telling with Marilyn Monroe. Vince to Hollywood. Quiet. Go ahead, In Hollywood, it's a lot. You want Brad Pitt? I got your Brad Pitt. You want Kevin Costner? I got you Kevin Costner. I got a three movie deal out of the shoot for you. In Hollywood, it's a lock. With Hollywood, it's a lock. It's etched in stone, and you know something? The Macho Man, Halloween Havoc. It's gonna be history. You don't understand, Look, I mean, everything's changed since the deal was made. No, I do you understand. understand. That's Marilyn Monroe. I do understand. But it's not gonna change. Bring up, bring up, bring up. You understand? Yeah, you understand. We'll make it work. Don't worry. You didn't even have to break a sweat. What you gotta do? Lizzie's in Lizzie's in there with them now. She that's where she was going when she packed her bags up earlier. And he, and, and and Giant's like sucking himself off, putting himself out. I did a movie with Arnie and all this. Yeah. It's like He's trying to give her advice. It's dreadful. It's like, what are you doing? And Hogan's like giving it this, I'll, I'll get you in a movie with Brad Pitt, I'll get you in a movie with Kevin Costner. Hogan Costner. was Hogan ever anything in Hollywood apart from budget movies? Do you know what I mean? He was he Mr. Not- he was he was Mr. Nanny, mate. I can think of I can think of on my hand five or six wrestlers that did bigger, better movies and TV shows than him. All of them. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's enough examples to show that he was a bit of a flop in Hollywood, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Massive. And Vincent's got a gift in his hand, which we don't even see what it was. So no, pointless. And then Liz is out. She she walks out the hut. She's got like a I don't know, she's like a contract or a script in her hand or something. Yep, and she's then, uh, signed on with the NWO. She is yeah. now in the NWO. Is she signed on now? Is that? Yeah, she's in. She is in the NWO. Oh Jesus! And then, and then Savage comes out of nowhere in the hotel lobby <laughs> or the hotel like hallway. Where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> well, that's, he, he must have been trying to find their hotel all night. That must be what happened. But he, he <laughs> how, long, how many hotels has he checked? <laughs> all of them. Probably. Oh. Uh, do you not think he went a bit too mental? It got a bit real, and he's like in her face, and it's yeah, it was very uncomfortable because you sort of, if you watch the dark side of the ring thing, you think, yeah. oh, that's a bit much. It was just silly as well, though. It's like just shouting at her and stuff, and he's like, "What are you, what are you even doing? Like, <laughs> what are you actually going to do?" There's about twenty. There's about fifteen of them in that room. You fucked either way, son. You, yeah, but his macho, he's always got to do his babyface comeback, hasn't he? 
<laughs> I thought the NWO bits were the, easily the worst parts of the show. Yeah, and that's what it's been for the last couple of weeks. It's a shame, really. I mean, it's become it became it was something that was I thought was really cool, and it's becoming like you said, it's quite lame the last few it's weeks. Lame as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping it gets a bit better, but. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Well, that was it's one of them. That... It's like well, the NWO stuff originally was like it was action, it was stuff happening, and now yeah. it's just them just dicking around, chatting <laughs> shit, and it's like it's boring. It's like yeah. you used to get the NWO announcement. It used to be like quick cuts, you know, them promoing. Like now, it's just them just chatting over each chatting other. Over, yeah. It's shit. like if I if I put, I'm not putting these fucking clips in the in the pod. Because no. the turd, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it out. And anyone to have to listen to four or five people just talking crap over each other, and they can't, you know, it's bad enough them listening to two people talking crap over each other, uh, me, and you. me and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking yeah. abysmal, man. It really was abysmal. Sure, was it? It was a better all round show with them not being on it, though, not actually on the show. If you know what I mean, yeah. like, there was, there was, there was match, a few, some decent matches, yeah, two decent matches, yeah. Well, that was the end of this week's Nitro. <laughs> Any thoughts on the show overall? In terms of a match show, as in cold matches, because that's all it was, cold matches, really. There's, there's some, there's about, I'd say about three or four, like, decent matches on there. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know, uh, the Malenko match, the Jericho Arm match, the, the last match, the standard Benoit match. You know, there's like a couple, of, there's some good, 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 well, a lot better than last week. Jesus Christ, the matches on last week was shite. But you can tell that it's upped a little bit when you've got more stars there. Eddie's match wasn't too bad. Mm. You know, I wasn't a big fan of the Faces of Fear rock and roll yeah. matches. I just kind of lost interest in that because you expect better from them. But all in all, in terms of match quality, it wasn't half bad. We've seen a hell of a lot worse. But the NWO thing just makes it shit. It's taken it from an, a decent show to like an average show. Yeah. Because they're the main thing. They're supposed to be the main thing, and it's fucking weak. Yeah. It's a shame. And no, and no flair either. No, no, yeah. Where was he? Prison. We told you that last <laughs> week. <laughs> As we end the broadcast, we'll go to our post-show awards. Um, a couple of contenders for match of the night. What are you going with? I'm going to go with... An honourable mention to Arn and Jericho, but I'm going to have to go for Dean and Alex right simply because it's there was a there was part of the feud in there as well with the mask yeah, and, and stuff like it. that. Yeah, and you know you're not going to see Arn and Jericho again, but you're going to, you know you're going to see Dean and Ray sort of thing. So I, yeah, I'm going to have to go for Dean and right Alex right. Hmm. I think I'd, I think just because I really enjoyed the finish, I'm going to go with Jericho and Arn. Yeah, I know, I mean, I know there wasn't. I know there wasn't sort of any real storyline to it or anything like that, but I just I, I like the, the inner story within it. There was no build to it or anything like that, but there was a nice little story that they told in that you know five six minutes or whatever it was. Definitely, yeah, I agree. Um, it could it could either or you know the two were both really good. Yeah, it's nice to give Alex Wright some props as well. Eh? Hello, <laughs> that's um, MVP. Tough. Becoming becoming a becoming a trend. This it's got to be it's got to be the enforcer, <laughs> endomorphic <Just> cyborg, <laughs> enforcement unit. Great great promo. You know, yeah, absolutely got everything in. Just cleaned up with an absolute corking promo as always. Good match. You know, he's he's the linchpin of that show. Yeah. When he's not there, it tends to fall apart. 
Yeah, well, he put he put his match over with Jericho. He put his match over with Luger, which got me excited. Yeah. But put on a, be- a really good match, and the stuff Further with Liz Angle, yeah, the stuff with Liz. Liz was quite good as well. So yeah, it's got to be yeah. hard. He's he's an absolute mainstay. the force, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Disco Doug and Hart. NWO. Just give the NWO as a unit. Yeah, yeah, I think piss so. poor, piss poor. Even really DBS, he couldn't pull it back this time. He tried. He tried his best. He did. He did bless him, didn't he? Yeah. You know what? Well, I he thought, only said one thing, didn't he? And that was that was. I got good, I got the feeling. I got the feeling he wasn't enjoying it that much being there. Do you know what I mean? With them all just dicking no. about, you could. I think he was the on feeling. the wagon at the time, so <laughs> maybe he did actually. Then no, on what the about, wagon, uh... not off the wagon. <laughs> and then finally, ban of the night. There's a couple of contenders actually in there. It's a three-way battle of the mullets, mate. <laughs> Ricky, Brad, and Eddie. What are you going with? I'm gonna have to give it Eddie just to, just because he's back. I want to give him some kind of reward. <laughs> yeah, for the, the luxuriously quaffered mullet, blow dried, you know everything about it. I'm gonna give it to old Guerrero. Well done, Eddie. Rest in peace. <laughs> it was his birthday the other day, wasn't it? To be fair, it, so, oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Well, would have been his fifty fifth birthday. If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, any listeners? What a legend and legendary hair. Yeah, spell his name wrong. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero come after you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> on a slightly damp show, I don't think you want to end. You don't want to give it like that, do you? You don't want to end it like that. We never want to give you that. <laughs> never going to give you that. Sorry, sorry about the NWO guys. You know, at real Kevin Nash, tweet him. <laughs> at, uh, at real Hulk Hogan or whatever the fuck he's called. Scott Hall's dead. Walt, Waltman, get yeah. on him. DiBiase, get on him. Paul White, get on him. Bischoff, definitely get on that prick. <laughs> it was it was good while it lasted, as they say. <laughs> we'll see. It might get so, better again. So, obviously, after that, what we're going to do is we're going to treat you. We're going to treat you to another edition of the game show that everybody isn't talking about. <laughs> We've had we've had seventy two emails this week asking us to stop. Nobody wants to hear it. We're going to but, keep plugging it, <laughs> but we're going to keep plugging it till the wheels falls off. We take inspiration from our overlord, the Weed World Wootor Ric Flair. <laughs> we're going to flog this dead horse until we can no longer flog it, or we run out of people. But you know, the rate he adds to his roster, man, fucking hell, we Might could be, be here for a few years, yeah. So. It's that time again. It's eight out of ten cunts. You know the drill. I'm going to give ten names to Mark from the men's side of the roster. Don't worry, the women are coming. Ric Flair's not there. <laughs> no, it's just the way they stood. So, last week, our last person was Dustin Rhodes. Mark said he'd, he'd shoo him in. Shoo, shoo, yeah. shoo. But everybody knows what Kenny Omega said, I, I guess. He said he would not hire eight out of ten of the people in this locker room. So... We just need to find, we just need to want to hire more than two to prove him wrong. This week, we're starting with E's and we're going all the way to the J's. Ooh. Are you ready, Mark? Let's do it. Come on. Let, let me get my pen. <laughs> First one up, Eddie Kingston. I like Eddie Kingston, actually, yeah. He's different, isn't he? He's a good talker as well. Yeah, he's, he's well, definitely staying. If you, if you, if you, when you say different, you mean shit, yeah. <laughs> You don't like him? Uh, once you've seen... I don't think he's shit. I just think once you've seen him once, you've sort of seen him. 
Mm, I don't okay. think there's much there. Fair enough. It's all it's all right. Yeah. I'm just okay. it just it just does the same kind of stuff Moxley does though, and it's I know, yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean though, it is different. You need you, you need all sorts on your roster. Yeah. Second, Ethan Page. He's one of them, he's sort of just he just sort of blends in, doesn't he? To me, yeah, he doesn't he really stand out. Use him to get people over, I guess. I think I probably would because it, you could probably mould him a little bit into something. He's got a look. He's not. A, he's not the worst promo. He's not great by any means. But I think I probably would hire him just just to just to, as a project or something like that. Okay, next one. <laughs> Evil Uno. No, get your bags packed, son. You're off. <laughs> not a chance. The former Super Smash brother, I do believe. Yeah, uh, Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, he's a veteran. Handsome motherfucker. Um, he is a good-looking bastard. He, is, he really is. For the most part, he could still go, and he, he, he'd, be, he'd be someone you'd have around, not not in the same way at all, but a, a bit of an Arn, Arn Anderson type job where he's a veteran. He could not in not don't don't don't. I'm not saying that he's anything like him. I'm just saying he's a good veteran to have around, and he could still stick him in the ring. Just you know I mean? the ring. Not not now, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, as in, in 1996, Arn, that we're discussing on this show. Uh, okay, so next one. Someone I'm not 100% familiar with, Fuego Del Sol. No, he's shit. Sorry, he's absolutely dog shit. Fair and he's mates with Sammy Guevara, so he can go fuck himself. <laughs> next one, Griff Garrison. Nah, he's bland. He's bland as fuck him. I think he might come up next week, though. He might do, yeah. For his blandness. <laughs> Next one, number seven, Hangman Adam Page. He might come uh, up as well. Fuck him. He he fucked over Punk. He started all this nonsense off and he's getting away scot-free, so go fuck yourself, Hangman Adam Page. Sorry. Net number eight, as my grandmother would say, Hook. Who? Hook. Oh, yeah, I like Hook. I think it's something there. My, my grandma was from Eccles and she'd say Luke, Hook. Book and stuff like Hook. that. Hook. Yeah, I'll have a bit of hook on the roster. He's somebody you could definitely mould into a superstar, isn't he? Definitely. Uh, number nine, Isaiah Cassidy. See again, the proper underutilized talent. Him and um, him and Mark Wen in Private Party. They've been languishing around with fucking Hardy and Andrade and all that family office and crap like that. They've got something else about that rhymes. Yeah, Hardy, I'm out of Hardy Party. <laughs> I think they've got something about them and they've been massively fucked over booking wise. I think they are definitely have him on, on the roster as long as obviously his tag team partners are on there as well. The last one, another contender for our topic next week <laughs> Jake, Jake Hager. Fuck no. He's one of the biggest wastes of time going. What is his purpose on that show? Other than uh, other than being Jericho's little bum boy, he does absolutely nothing. And and when he was dressed like a tennis player, he looked like a, oh, he's shit, man. I, I don't know how he's still got a job. I can't get the only way. The only reason he's got a job, I, I know, Jericho. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 on on that as well. Actually, I was thinking about this. If you, you know how Sammy Guevara somehow seems to be avoiding all this shit with all the backstage stuff he's been going on with it. It's Jericho. Jericho. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he's backstage in it, isn't he? Big time. Sammy Guevara should have been sent home as well as Andrade because he, he's just as responsible. So, yeah. Yep. Definitely not having Jake Hager on the roster. 
I don't think anyone in their right mind would. But congratulations for the fifth week running. You have proven Kenneth Omega wrong. Six out of ten cunts. Six out of ten. See, the roster's not that as bad as some people think. He'd only hire himself and the Young Bucks, wouldn't he? That's, that's the only thing he's hiring. <laughs> to create their art. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, six out of ten, not too bad. What about you? What did you say? I'd go with, I'd go with five. Five? Yeah, uh, I go Ethan Page, Kazarian, Hook, Isaiah Cassidy. That's about it. That's four. Four, four then. Four. <laughs> not Jake Ager. Of course not. Why would I? I, I why, why would I want to put myself through dealing with that? He is literally the blandest fucker on the planet. I think if I, I think if you put all my choices together, you'd have a right roster on your hands, wouldn't you? To, to work with. Just trimming all the fat off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, trimming all the shite off the roster. You could have a really good wrestling promotion. Well, next week, we'll see how much fat we trim off the J's and some of the K's. I'm sure there'll be quite a few in there that I can think well, of. Well, it'll be an interesting one in the kicking curse, let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's another one on, in the books, in the record books. Next week, it will be the... 7th of October 1996 with a bit of luck the NWO might do something other than eat and drink and fucking annoy us so hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed hopefully we'll last two weeks have been piss poor I do apologise guys it's uh, like I said sweet fucking Bischoff genuinely <laughs> call him a cunt honestly he has, we endorse he that <laughs> perpetrated this dog shit on us for the last fortnight <laughs> anyway if you like what we're doing Hopefully still after this. Don't forget to interact with us on Twitter. It's at AdjectivePod. Any questions, uh, any likes, retweets, anything like that. Nice five-star review on Spotify will do for us. Thank you. If you be so kind. We did have a question today from uh, our mate Chris Bellis from the One Man's Meat podcast. It was a bit of a bit of a thinker. The, the, the One Man's out. Meat pod guys tend to ask thinkers. They make us, you know, contemplate. They make us sit down, get the old uh, algebraic equations out, get the old abacus out, and and you know, work shit out. So we're gonna have a long hard think, Chris, and uh, we'll get back to you next week on that because I think there's quite a few mm. that we could put onto this question. We won't let the question slip just yet, but yeah, we'll we'll come back to that next week, and I think we'll have a bit of a plethora, a smorgasbord, a cornucopia, if you will, of <laughs> potential people on this yeah. uh, question is that everything my friend no further business I don't think no further business fucking heck then I'm going to have to say it I'm going to change it up this week heaps later <laughs> see you later <laughs> the preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by look at the adjective